brand new banger. Banger. You're j- jamming with the hottest disc jockey. Disc jockey. Exclusive hot new mix. Let's go. 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 Hey, Podfix Nation. It is your mixtape for October 2020, and I'm your host, Christopher DeVos. Since it is October, the month of the pumpkin spice, the month of the jack-o'-lantern, the month of ghosts, the month of Halloween, the month of leaves turning colors, I thought in between the segments this time, I would tell some really super scary stories. If you can't handle super scary stories, that's why I'm telling you now, so that you can prepare yourself mentally. And I'm, I'm okay if this time you want to fast forward through the scary stories and just get to the segments of all the great Podfix shows we're featuring this month. That's perfectly fine. I understand. I'm a fan of horror. You may not be a fan of horror. Everybody has different tastes. You might only like Friends, which to me is horror. So, you know, to each their own. But before we get into any of that... I'm going to play a promo from Two Girls on a Bench, and they are raising money for Epilepsy Foundation. It's on November 7th. It's a live stream. You can catch it on Get Vocal, which is spelled G-E-T-V-O-L-K. It's going from 10 to 10 Pacific Time. So let's, uh, let's hear that promo first, and then we'll get into the spooky stuff. Did you know that 65 million people worldwide have epilepsy? And for 3.4 million, we don't know why? That's right. And did you know that one out of every 26 people have epilepsy? And Trisha's daughter is one of them. Hi, this is Shauna and Trisha from Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. We want to tell you about our upcoming fundraiser, The Bench Gives Back, November 7th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Time. We will be live streaming on Get Vocal with some of your favorite podcasts to raise funds to find a cure for epilepsy. So join us, tell a friend, bring your wallet, and enjoy a day of fun podcasters and special guests. We'll see you then. Bye. So definitely try to catch, if not all of it, at least some of it. If you're a fan of any of the Podfix Network shows, there's a lot of swag up for grab during this telethon. So check it out. Uh, highly recommend it. I'm trying to get on there myself. I'm having a little bit of scheduling conflicts, but if you want to see this ugly mug on your video screen, I don't, that's a horror story in itself. So as promised, here's our first spooky tale. It is called Rap, Rap, Rap. There was a woman who lived all alone in an old dark house. When she moved in, she heard rumors from her neighbors that the house was haunted, but she didn't believe them. One night, as she was lying in bed, the woman heard a strange sound. Rap, rap, rap. She lay perfectly still and listened, but she didn't hear anything more. She thought maybe it was her mind playing tricks on her. However, just as she was trying to get back to sleep, it happened again. Rap, rap, rap. This time, she knew it was real, and she couldn't ignore it. She had to get out of bed and investigate. She cautiously opened her bedroom door and heard the sound again. This time, it was louder. Rap, rap, rap. She walked down the hallway, following the sound. It seemed to be coming from downstairs. Rap, rap, 
Rap. She headed down the stairs, clinging tightly to the banister. Rap. 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 She followed the noise until she came to the hall, closet under the stairs. It was so loud. Rap. 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 The sound was coming from inside the closet. The woman stood there, trembling with fear. Her heart was beating fast. She reached out, grabbed the doorknob in her right hand, and opened the door. Rap. 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 Inside the closet, there was a chest of drawers. She opened the top drawer, but there was nothing there. Rap. 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 She opened the middle drawer, but it was empty. Rap. 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 Then she opened the bottom drawer and saw what was making the noise. It was a roll of wrapping paper. Anyway, so two girls on a bench have submitted uh, this clip is uh, they do writing prompts on their show called the bench right club and for this writing prompt the person asked Trish to read it in a certain accent style now Trish apparently is not known for her accents unlike myself who's known for the number of voices I can produce and the amount of accents that I can do um I basically carry my own show, Podcast 42. We do little radio plays. It's not J.L. Tros that carries the show with all his voices. It's me. Everybody knows that. Well, Trish is the opposite of me. She can't do any accents or voices, apparently. When this prompt was read, it was asked to be done in a certain accent. And she had a rough time doing it. And I'd just like to say that I made up the entire thing where I'm the master of accents and voices because I'm not. I'm not at all. I am probably the worst on our show. But that's what makes it funny. So here's two girls on a bench. But yeah. Okay. So then she says, Kayla says, here's my entry. It's meant to be read with a North Dakota accent, like in the movie Fargo, or think Jocelyn Yay. from Schitt's Creek. So have fun, and I can't wait to hear it being read. Yay. Kayla. Okay, Kayla. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm doing this cold. I haven't read it yet. I only read the beginning, so I knew it was going to be... A Fargo type accent, but blah, 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 blah. okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was at the grocery mart shopping for some ground beef for the big weekend, you know, because it's Junior Six's birthday this Saturday, and the Mister and I have a big surprise planned for sure. <laughs> oh, that Junior! Last week I caught him out back planting the sesame seeds off his hamburger buns. I asked the little Dickens if he was growing a sesame tree, and boy, was I wrong. He looked up at me and said, no, mama, I'm not trying to grow a street. And don't you know, thank goodness for that, or we'd have big birds pooping everywhere. <laughs> so then I asked him what he was burying all those seeds for really. Wouldn't you believe he kept a working in a digging and he just said hamburgers. Oh, for cute. So the mister's out buying a tree right now. I told him to get a small one with strong branches. We're going to we're going to sneak out at the crack of sleepy. <laughs> we'll plant it right where Junior buried his seeds. I'll cook a whole cow of ground beef. It'll all be ready before Junior wakes. Patties, buns, and all the fixins. Yeah, for sure I'm excited. Junior won't believe it. In every branch, oh geez, hamburgers. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. First of all, Awesome. That's your accent. That is your accent. You did amazing. 
You guys. I don't know. <laughs> don't you know? She oh, did so. Do you know so. what it is, though? Well, it's, it's the way Kayla writes it. Yeah. Well, she definitely yeah. wrote it for Thank you. I mean, Kayla, Kayla, that was amazing. First of all, that is the funnest, cutest story. That is adorable. Ever. I want a little, like, children's book of that. Yeah. It's so cute and fun. Now I sound like I have an accent all the time to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was the perfect accent to read it in, but also just, like, it was like, there'd be a lot of big bear poop. Or big, big birds, big birds pooping big on Sesame Street. <laughs> That's adorable. That was freaking <laughs> awesome. But Kayla, like, she, you're like, like a genius. How oh did you capture you. this voice? Okay, let's just say that as a side note. You right? captured a voice so well in this I writing. I pictured the mom and everything. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I was not. I mean, I've, I haven't met you, Kayla, but I didn't imagine you at all. It was like this character was so strong. I didn't yeah. even. Yeah. It was a mom. Yeah. Doing her thing. <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> I love it. Trisha? You you like made the accent challenge, <laughs> like you did it. I'm impressed with you. We'll see when we re-listen to it if you can even understand me. Mm-mm. You could understand me. Yeah, yeah, I could understand you. Okay. No, I would be like, mm, I don't but know. really, I'm pretty honest. I have to say, as we know, the way it's written, it's kind of like when I did a German accent for something Kayla wrote. Like she writes it in the accent. No, so it was the Italian. I was like, was oh, it Italian? Oh shit. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't know. Maybe it was. I thought there was one that was like Z, like she spelled it like V with a Z E E or something. Oh, maybe. Anyways, you've done been so many. many. Yeah, you've Kayla. done so many. I lo- so lost track. I want I want to help illustrate the children's book of this because I think this is a great like idea for a little just a little children's book. Like, yeah, it'd it's be perfect. So cute. Hamburger it. tree. Hamburger tree. So cute. Oh, you know what's funny is cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah. Is translated in Spanish to like it's raining hamburgers. Really? You know, it's weird when they translate because we had watched it with my kids. Like, yeah, it was like something, something on burguesas. And I was like, and there's a word for meatball in Spanish, no, albondiga. But it's like for some reason when they uh when they translate stuff into other languages, any language I think, they they try to make it like I don't know. I don't know why More they do it. Or, or something. Something about it. They there is like, like a hamburger in the movie that like hamburgers are falling at one but point. That's like too, the second but that's like one not, or the third one. You're right. That's the second one. <laughs> I don't know. I did have small okay. children at one point. Yes. No, I mean, but anyway, raining hamburgers, not as cool as a hamburger tree. Just saying. Hamburger tree. So you, I, I don't love know if you that, want to read a little Kayla. bit of what Brett wrote. Our next spooky tale is called truth about hell or for sensitive ears truth about he double hockey sticks there was a man who had lived a very bad life one day he was killed in a motorcycle accident and was sent directly to hell or he double hockey sticks the devil was waiting for him welcome to hell said the devil now you must decide how you're going to spend eternity there are three doors to choose from the devil took the man to the first door and opened it inside there were hundreds of people standing on their heads on a cement floor that looks uncomfortable the man said let's see what's behind door number two monty they went to the second door and the devil opened it inside there were hundreds of people standing on their heads on a wooden floor that still looks uncomfortable said the man. Show me what's behind door number three, Monty. So the door, it doesn't say Monty, I just added that. So the devil took him to the third door and opened it. 
Inside, there are hundreds of people standing around chatting and drinking coffee up to their knees and poop. Hmm, said the man. That looks bad, but it's better than the other two. I choose the third door. The devil smiled, and the man went into the third room and poured himself a cup of coffee. Just as the door was closing behind him, he heard the devil shout, Okay, folks, coffee break is over. Get back on your heads. Next up is This Week Today. I always have to catch myself because This Week Today is an offshoot of the podcast Gravity Beard. Now, Gravity Beard is still on the network. They don't release episodes as often. I think they only do it like semi-annually or quarterly or whenever there's a minor holiday like Arbor Day. So you can still catch them. But to get your weekly fix of the Gravity Beard team, you want to listen to This Week Today. In this segment, This Week Today is interviewing the creators behind the Release the Clown Sketch Comedy podcast. Two years ago, that podcast created a custom sketch for Gravity Beard, I'm assuming, or This Week Today. It's the same guy, so don't be confused. And they kind of discuss how it all came together and give you a little bit behind the scenes of the whole thing. Now, if you're looking to listen to, after you listen to this clip, if you're looking to listen to this episode back in the October month for the October mixtape, well, they're submitting this for November. So it's coming out on November 1st. So don't go back into the October archives looking for this particular show to get the rest of it. You're going to have to wait till November. You know, months. Months are, this time of year all runs together it's fine. It happens. No October mixtape for this one. It's November. And for the November mixtape, we're going to play something from December, I think. So this is This Week Today. Okay, so a couple of years ago, you guys were incredibly generous towards us, and you made a custom sketch for our show. I don't know if you remember doing that. I do. Yeah, yeah. And when I heard your more most recent episodes where you're listening to sketches and then talking to the writers about making those sketches, it made me want to do this with you. So if you don't mind, it's a two-minute sketch. I'm going to play the sketch, and I'd love to have that type of discussion. Yeah, sure. Mein Führer. We have intercepted a disturbing communication from America. I am not disturbed. I am the Führer. Heil me. <laughs> Heil Hitler. Continue. It appears to be a communication to two agents codenamed Adam and Tuff. Tuff. <laughs> Gesundheit. They have been sent to deliver something called a podcast. Clearly some form of secret propaganda weapon, mein Führer. This podcast propaganda weapon does not worry me. I have Goebbels. Oh dear, that sounds painful. Are you having them treated? Nein, Josef Goebbels, mein propaganda chief. Short guy smells of bratwurst and Lady Riefenstahl. Ah. But there is more, mein Führer. They are succeeding in undermining our morale with a continually repeated phrase. National Day. Over and over. National Buffet Day. National Organ Donor Day. National Wisconsin Day. Wisconsin? Yeah, you know, the Packers. Jeez. Fonzie. They think this 
podcast will bring a great day for their nation. Ha, I spit on their national day. Every day is National Socialist Day. Yesterday, my <laughs> son's school was National Anti-Bullying Day. Was? Don't the Nazis be cool? I, I mean, National Bullying Day. <laughs> great success. All the little kids were beaten to a sticky pipe. <laughs> I'm Hitler. <laughs> See, that's how it's done. I don't ask for much, just the world and a crisp heil from mine unterlings. <laughs> mein Führer, I bring grave news. We know when the American weapon will be used. When? This week. Today. Do you know what it is? It is... Eine gravity beard. Scheiße, ein whole beard? We can barely master a toothbrush moustache between us. <laughs> and they plan to commit this outrage fair? In your face, Hitler! Gott in, in Himmel! Himmel. <sighs> okay, <laughs> let me comment first. First of all, we asked you to put a sketch together for us, and you did it. That enough was an, was an enormously generous thing to do. Secondly, you put just as much time and delivered just as high quality for us as you do for your own show. And that also was incredibly generous, and we have deep appreciation for that. My first observation about the sketch, as we get into that conversation, is that sketch is two minutes and is so densely packed with bits and jokes, which I absolutely love. There are certain TV shows, you know, I think of of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and 30 Rock come to mind first, where it's just joke after joke after joke. But for some reason, it's not overwhelming. It's just funny. It's just really, really funny, even though it's so densely packed. And that's what that sketch is to me. There's every line, every joke, every sound, every gesture, every everything is one funny thing after another for the entire two minutes. Yeah. Um it's a good sketch. It is a good sketch. Well, you would say that you wrote it, but I didn't. I didn't do all the performing. It's no, performed it's really well. Actually, I just like to say Alex wrote the the original thing, uh-huh. and then and then gave it to me, and I added a few bits and bobs here and there. I think Lenny Reefen style was. I was think yours, Lenny, wasn't it? Lenny yeah. Reef style and the uh, toothbrush moustache. I think so. Yeah, it was yours. But it, because it, yeah, it, it was. Gosh, it's lovely listening to uh, 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 Phil and Martin. Yeah. So, so Hitler was played by Martin Heider, and uh, one of the other generals was Phil Nice, who were on our last show. We we, you know, showcased them. Yeah. So the one you've right. just started listening, I think that'll be that'll be Phil and Martin. And Phil does speak German fluently. That was his degree, um, way back when. And uh, yeah, it, it was really it was it was fun to be in the studio. Yeah, I think yeah, I do remember I wrote it. So basically when I when I wrote it, I remember you'd said to me that you had this this you you had this running joke about in your face Hitler. Right. Um so I had to get that in there. Um Gravity Beard and Gravity Beard this week today and Adam and Toph. So that was that was kind of my structure for it's it. I had tight. to get those that all of those things in there. And then tell a story during that time. You see, you want you want if you if you're doing a sketch, you want it to get from A to B. It needs to it needs to start in a place that people can recognise, and it needs to end in a place that makes sense given where you've started. Hmm. Do you remember how that started to come together? Um, I think it was it was from the gravity beard idea. I just it just sounded like a weapon to me. <laughs> <So that's> where, <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what, that's that's what I was thinking. Okay, so there's a secret weapon. How do we go about this? Um, okay, so we've got gravity bid. Well, that naturally goes within your face, so that's that's okay. I've got some of the end of the sketch sorted, but how does it happen? Okay, people come and talk to Hitler. What happens when people come and talk to Hitler? And then you go from there. I I think one of my favorite favorite my two favorite lines is the Heil me <laughs> that he says, and his throwaways. So Heil me. Is that Martin did that so beautifully? And Martin did it beautifully. And then when you come in and do the no Heil Hitler very crisply, and he says, "See, all I want is is a crisp Heil in the world, or whatever whatever the line is." It's those little additional. Things that give you a window into the character. Yeah, that's it. You need some. You need some tags for the, for the person, so they're not just a joke machine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and 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 my. I I think I had a line in there that was something like. Um, uh, it might have well maybe that we can't even. All we can muster is a toothbrush, moustache. You know that kind of. Yeah. It gives you an idea of where he's coming from uh you know he's thinking about all that and uh, yeah it was and then there was that that was the other thing because you you guys had the thing about national days you were always talking about what national day it was i just thought that was brilliant and that naturally tied together with national socialists yes a national anti-bullying day <laughs> and the guy's like no we're nazis be cool i mean uh, a national dude, bullying dude, day nazis be cool <laughs> no turning it into national bullying day and they're all beaten to a sticky pulp I think one of the other funny elements, a couple of things. One is, he, you mentioned National Wisconsin Day. That caused brief confusion. So then you listed a few things that are related to, <laughs> to Wisconsin. Yeah. So there's a couple of beats there, and then you land on Fonzie, which is a great <laughs> reference. It's very outdated, but almost everyone gets it because he's yeah. iconic. And then the other thing that I liked about the skit is that, speaking of things that are probably objectively funny... I like when you take someone like Hitler and you kind of humanize him. It's a little bit like Tony Soprano. Mm. You know, you, that was the first time that you got a real look back behind the scenes of what's the real day-to-day life of a mobster and his family. We never get to see that, and that's what Sopranos did. And here you in the short skit you've sort of humanized Hitler and so he's frustrated cuz he doesn't get the proper heil or whatever it may be. But there's those little elements that he's he's frustrated about these things. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think also humanizing monsters is 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 more is more helpful than just keeping them as monsters. Because as long as we just think mm-hmm. of them as monsters, they're just this thing that they're people who do this sort of thing. Whereas actually, and it kind of bothers me that we're heading that way at the moment. Mm. <laughs> it's it's us who do who do these things. It's ordinary people who do these things. So making mm. them human. Yeah, well, it's a, also, way, it's a way of reminding us that actually we're not that different to them. Well, because often we're the ones enabling them. Yeah, you know, uh, but by by either sitting back or or getting up with them or whatever, you know, one one person like Hitler can't do what he did on his own. Mm-mm. It takes millions of people to go. Oh yeah, we'll do that with you. Yeah. So actually, we're you know everyone's got that. Yeah, what you just said. <laughs> that monster is within all of us. I'm going to mispronounce it, but one line is, I have Gerbers, Gerbils? Gerbils, oh, yes. <laughs> so Adam liked that line so much that he cut that single piece of audio out and uses it as his, as my text alert when I text him. 
<laughs> oh, that is so good. Yes. You have no yeah. idea how happy that makes me. And in fact, actually, I was going to say, because I, I, I can remember I listened to it when you played it on your show. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking earlier about how, you know, we know, we know that there are people laughing to what we make all over the world. But mm. We don't get to hear it. And so it's something I quite miss from doing stand-up, actually, is that I don't get the, that immediate validation of, as a human being <laughs> that stand-up gives you. Um, but listening to... So I remember because you didn't tell Adam what it was. No, I did not. Which, which is something I, I make a habit on the show. I, I usually... There, there, we've done many episodes where I don't even send him notes. I, everything is a surprise. <laughs> so it was played. It was played to him as a surprise, and I can I can remember. I really enjoyed the response of him and the, your guest, who I can't remember. You had a lady on the show. Oh, I don't remember that either. But the the, the response of both of them to it was. It's it's just really lovely to hear that kind of completely pure response to it because you know we're not there they don't know it's ours they they're not yeah you know they're not laughing because they think they have to <laughs> true it's, it's just a completely natural response and to hear them laugh like that was just really it was really enjoyable really good fun so thank you yeah for that I love that though because that's a great line the Goebbels line yeah I have Goebbels oh well you can get treatment for that you know. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, so he immediately, probably that day or two afterwards, he cut that audio and put it on his phone. Is only when I text him, and he, he's had it on there for two years now. Wow! Oh, brilliant! Oh, that's so yeah. nice. Okay, here comes another story. I'm warning all the people who are faint of heart about the stories as much as I can. And if you continue to listen to these terrible, uh, horrifying stories, that's really on you because I've given you plenty of warning. So if you want to skip ahead, um, I don't know, skip ahead a minute, minute and a half. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. That's on you. So this next story is called The Eisenhower Interstate phenomenon. Little known fact is that the Eisenhower interstate system is built over major ley lines. Rumor has it that if specific conditions are met, weird phenomenon will occur. The first sign of this phenomenon is that you'll lose all radio reception and devices such as mp3 players, discmen, tape decks, and other music players that are out of date will cease functioning. Your heater will begin to only dispense cold air, regardless of the setting. After the first mile of this, you'll notice a fog growing at the edges of the road, and you'll see no exits, regardless of whether they were supposed to be there or not. If you continue on, you'll begin to see the occasional pedestrian. Some of them will gesture that they would like to hitch a ride. Under no circumstances should you stop for them. No one has ever stopped and survived. If you see lights approaching from behind and it is a hearse, do not let it pass you, no matter what. After 13 miles exactly, the phenomenon will end and you will be safe. Up next is the pop-up film cast, where Keith and Derek and a special guest uh, review a fictional movie festival. They have a big box of tapes. It's been delivered to Keith's store. He distributes the tapes out amongst the participants, and everyone reviews 
the movies that they are given by Keith. And a lot of fun and hilarity ensue. However, in this clip, we're doing something a little different. We're talking about 1987's Tin Men, starring Richard Dreyfuss, Danny DeVito, and Barbara Hershley. In this particular clip, they're talking about Barbara Hershley and her ability to jump cars without using another car. She just jumped them with her feet. Like, she jumped up in the air, and the car went vroom underneath, and, like, everyone was impressed, and they all clapped and cheered, and just listen to the clip for the real story. Let's show you the big, you know final like thing that we got to and then jump back and show you how we got there because it really stalled out going like like any other carnage was minimal compared to that that final scene i I see what they wanted to do but because you after you see so much blood and carnage the first 10 minutes into the movie you got to go wait a minute how did it get to this and but the lead up just wasn't as good as the carnage no and you expect there's like a level of expectation of more carnage. Like, you you can't more uh, like, than the five like saving Private Ryan, right? What, <laughs> well, I, I know, but they show you you would you would think that would be it would ramp up. Yeah, uh, like the least carnage would be in the first ten minutes, and they would just continue with more and more and more carnage until it's a, a carnage palooza. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't that at all. It was no. the car crash, gruesome, terrifying. Um, Heart earned every bit of the R rating. After that, it was just boobs and foul language, and you're like, which is fine, right? Like, of course, everyone likes to hear an F bomb and see some tits, but you're just like, hmm, oh well, yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, it, it works out because, I mean, you know, sorry for spoilers, everyone, but I mean, Danny DeVito's, you know, his character is he's getting beat in pretty much all the rest of these little challenges. He's obviously going to lose his wife, and then you know, Richard Dreyfus's. Uh, BB, his character BB, gets killed off in that crash, and thus then you know, Devito, mm-hmm. you know, the Tillies stay together. What well, I, I the think what? that the was Tilly, her last the name, Tillies. Tillies. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh. I think Devito. Titties. You didn't say titties. No titties. No, that was that was, that was Derek who said titties. I said tits. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm more grown up than you guys. <laughs> Devito, De- De- that was his last ditch. He's like, I'm going to lose my wife. So either I'm going to kill Dreyfus or kill BB and and keep my wife, or kill us both, and then uh, it maybe his wife in the process. You know, like if if I can't have you, no one can. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind well, of. Well, she crazy. was holding the flag at the end to like say who would win, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's he going to he's go right at her. Mm-hmm. Luckily, she jumped over the cars. Is there? That's how fast they were going. <laughs> She was able to j- <laughs> jump over the cars <laughs> in yeah. high heels. And I heard, I heard that Barbara Hershey did her own stunts for that one. <laughs> she had to because the first four stunt people died. So <laughs> she didn't even hesitate when asked if you were to jump over this car going eighty miles an hour. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> like what I know, who wouldn't want to do that? It's a lifelong dream mm-hmm. of yeah. a young Barbara Hershey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, what she did, uh, she did Hoosiers right around the same time too. I mean, she was doing top notch. She stuff. jumped over a car in that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's on one of the deleted scenes. It's one of the extras on the DVD. I don't think that that one made it into the, the final cut. Mm-hmm. That became a thing though. Hold on, Barbara Hershey jumping. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm telling you, a car auto completes. Uh, I'm not even joking. <laughs> yeah, she does it in four different movies: uh, oh, Tin man. Men, Hoosiers, Falling Down, and The Entity. Ooh, there you go. What was what was she the last one? The, the Entity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she actually she started over. getting typecast just for that, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, Entity came out in 83, and that was the first time she ever did it. So it was like, uh, it was, you almost expected her to, she didn't do it in Beaches, and she fought hard <laughs> to jump over <laughs> a car in Beaches. Yeah, but that uh, was more of a of a thing with the, the stunt uh, people's, uh, stunt workers union, um, so mm-hmm. that they, they had to actually use stunt people, which is why mm-hmm. after, after four of them get killed off in, uh, in Tin Men, they were fine. They they relented a little bit. And said, "Fine, go ahead, do it." And from there on, mm-hmm. it was like a clause. She got worked into every contract. Yeah, but she she she. There is a scene that she wanted to do in Beaches with her, and um, what's her name? Wind beneath my wings. What's her name? Um, oh, Bette Midler. Quick. Bette yes. Midler, uh, <laughs> where they were going to both jump over cars together, like holding hands, um, mm. in almost a reverse Thelma and Louise, where they hold hands driving a car, but not those two, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but Bette Midler chickened out at the last minute. She was going to do it. And uh, the, I saw an interview with her on, um, remember Howie Mandel? He used to yep. fill in for Johnny Carson back in the day. Uh, he, 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 he She told him... That she got super drunk and was going to do it, and then uh, she got really scared when she saw the car, <laughs> the car's the car. moving, <laughs> the car she, coming at her. And instead you of know. jumping, she just dove out of the way she in dove. a panic. But yeah. Barbara Hershey, the consummate professional, did <laughs> jump over the car. Oh man, mm-hmm. she was just a car jumping fool. That Barbara Hershey was. She was. It's yeah. an amazing. It's an amazing skill. I mean, anybody who says they've seen it like live and in person, it is. It is so crazy to see done. And the fact that she was good enough that, like, it, like when they finally did it in, uh, in Tin Men, it, it's one take and she's done. She nails it the first mm-hmm. time. Yep. It's like a, she's like stand back fools, and then she jumped <laughs> over a very tall sixty three Oldsmobiles. <laughs> Those things were well, that, tall. That was- Tall that was more the uh, that was more the <laughs> that was more the forced perspective of uh, Peter Jackson's uh, influence. Tall and long, yeah. Those cars were boats, man, and she <laughs> just jumped over them. Yeah, and cleared it very easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, she had inches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, I mean, I, look, folks the the biggest pay the biggest payoff of this movie ends in like the first ten minutes. Um, with some massive carnage, and the and you know the rest of the movie is, it's not bad, but it's it's funny. I, yeah, it's, it's got humor to it, and it's 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 a solid movie, you know. But you really, you know, your your payout is going to be very early on, and yeah, if you fall asleep for a bit, you'll be okay. But you you've seen you know the the best part of the movie right up front. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they, as they were editing and stuff, if they realized that, and they were like, "Well, too late now. We kind of already committed," um, you know, if, or if they tried to change it around so that they could tell the story like without they had to honor it being a bit of a flashback. The stunt people, they they had to honor. There was like so many dead people, dead stunt people, and you have to sit at the end of it for the dedications. But it was a bunch in of memory so they, of they, yeah, yeah. They, so they had to keep that scene in there. 
Yeah, I mean, when you only see, like, you know, when they're showing him driving, you know, because obviously uh, DeVito and, and Dreyfus, they were, you know, you know, off on, you know, making, you know, making it look like they were driving the cars. They did, you know, some camera work on the side and all. It was just them in the car, but you can see when, like, you know, with the filming and the stunt car going by, like, there's four people in the car. So every time they had four stunt people in the car. Oh, and, no. And, and, <laughs> and, all the, and all the death and destruction there. Even though we know in the movie you've you're only seeing you know one guy per car, it, it was just a, it was an odd option to do. But yeah, why why did they have four people in the car? Like, I, don't, I I get why I, I never I never understood I never <laughs> there was more in the trunk. I never understood why they had somebody in the driver's seat, passenger, and then two people in the back seat. When you knew when you mm-hmm. actually saw them racing and they showed it on the screen, it's just Devito by himself in one car. It's just Dreyfus by himself in another car, hurling. Mm-hmm. Through the the streets of 1963 Baltimore, uh, right at Barbara Hershey. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Barbara Hershey jump comes at the end, so you have yep. to stick around the end. Like if you're watching this movie, watch the carnage at the front, and then stick around or fast forward to the end or to watch Barbara Hershey jump because they like come back to it, right? Um, and they show her jump. Was and, it uh, was it a running jump or was it just a standing vertical jump? I forget. Well, I mean, she she got like she, she saw it coming, and then so she took like a step back with her right leg, and then kind of just like vaulted over it. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like a two footer. No, um, she mm-hmm. kicked she kicked with her right leg, her right knee. Next up, as we continue down the hallway of the spooky and unnatural, we turn the corner, we can't find the bathroom, and we accidentally stumble into a kid's room of this horror festival. We are now going to explore the tale called The Refrigerator. Two ghosts are having a conversation. How did you die? Asked the first ghost. I froze to death, replied the second. How did that happen? Asked the first. Well, said the second ghost, I accidentally got locked in a refrigerator. Once I was inside, I couldn't open the door. At first, I just felt very cold. Then I started shivering. I felt very sleepy, and it was hard to think. My arms and legs began to go numb and my heartbeat got slower and slower as my whole body started to freeze. I slowly lost consciousness. It was like falling asleep. Fortunately, I died without suffering too much. How about you? How did you die? Well, replied the first ghost, I died of a heart attack. I ate too much fast food, chips, and sweet things. My arteries were clogged and I was very overweight. So that's what killed you? Asked the second ghost. Not exactly, said the first ghost. I suspected that my wife was cheating on me. One day I came home from work early to catch her with her boyfriend. I saw a pair of men's shoes in the hallway, so I knew he was in the house. I rushed upstairs, burst into the bedroom, but my wife was alone. I threw open all the wardrobes and checked inside. I ran into the other bedroom and checked under the beds. I hurried downstairs and checked the garage. Then I ran into the living room and checked behind the sofa. After that, I searched all the bathrooms, but I couldn't find them anywhere. With all that running around, I suddenly felt a tightness in my chest and a shooting pain down my arm. I broke into a cold sweat and it became hard to breathe. Then I collapsed on the floor. It was incredibly painful. In the end, I lost consciousness and died. The second ghost sighed. Why didn't you check the refrigerator? So serious question, are you a member of the Cretans Guild? Because I am. All the cool kids are. 
Creedence Guild is your source for all things pop culture and wrestling. Not that wrestling isn't pop culture, but, you know, we'll tack on wrestling as a separate category. And in this clip, they are discussing how, I believe it's Bob's toilet, is much like a scene in Blazing Saddles. And then they describe the toilet, and there's a bunch of buttons, and they want to add more buttons, but I couldn't picture it in my head. So give it a listen, and then email me, uh, podfixnetwork at gmail.com, attention Chris, Blazing Saddles Toilet, and, and tell me exactly what I'm missing. Here's the Cretans Guild. Um, it's just, I, something amuses me about your toilet. Okay. Okay, might as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you have to now. So the top, uh, the top of it has the uh, the by pressure valves. One. Yeah, and it's not two. like a normal handle. Flush. Right. There's it's like a big button. And it's recessed and kind of bisected through the middle to have two buttons. And one says one, and the other one says two. And every time I look at it, I think of the scene from <laughs> Blazing Saddles where Mongo gets on the horse. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> be glad I never put a, a button in there. It's a three. <laughs> now here's the thing. The other, the real, the other reason, the obvious reason why it makes me laugh is because the button for one is obviously the pressure button for P because there's nothing solid to flush out. Yeah. So two is no. So either way, it's just you could you could just have like put icons for P and poo on either one of those switches. <laughs> now if you have a number three switch, a gavel. What? <laughs> Are you, is, is that if, how you get down? Well, I guess it is. <laughs> you're just sitting. On, you're if just it gets to the point where you you need like a third button, you need uh, like some kind of jurisdictional uh, leave leaviance to get yeah. in there. I was gonna say you're just like straddling the toilet, swinging the gavel around, being like, "Courts adjourned!" <laughs> Pow! And then you hit the third. <laughs> You hit number three like Mario just sledgehammering a fireball. <laughs> okay, dokie. That's a, that is a power move without oh equal. You destroyed the mic on that pal. Mm. That's all right. Uh, well, that's more fun for you to deal with. Yay. <laughs> Next up for our spooktacular is the story. Always check the French fries. In a small town, there's a popular fast food restaurant. The owner was a hardworking man. But he had a son named Derek, who was just very lazy. Maybe it was Derek from Pop-Up, I don't know. The father was short of staff, so he hired his son to work for the summer. One evening, Derek's father was called away on business, so he had to leave Derek in charge of the restaurant. His father left french fries in the deep fat fryer, and as he was leaving, he warned Derek to check the fries. But, being a lazy you-know-what, Derek soon forgot about checking the fries, as one would do. Suddenly, the phone rang. And when Derek answered it, a creepy voice said, Have you checked the fries? Derek thought it was his father checking up on him. Because his father must have had a creepy voice, I don't know. So he said everything was just fine and hung up without checking the french fries. A few minutes later, the phone rang again and the creepy voice said, When are you going to check the fries? Derek just laughed and hung up again. A few minutes later, the phone rang a third time and the creepy voice said, I strongly advise you to check on those fries. Derek decided he'd better check on the fries. It had been, I don't know, like 20 minutes. So he lifted the pan out of the deep fat fryer. Suddenly he screamed and recoiled in horror. Instead of french fries, it was the severed head of his father. Worse still, it was only half fried. Even worse, 
There was a note attached to it that read, I told you to check the fries. Our last segment is from the award-winning podcast, Varmints. Speaking of award-winning podcasts, um, they're up for another award again this year, the Discover Pod Awards. They're nominated for Best in Kids and Family Podcast. So head over to the Discover Podcast Awards. Give them a little uh, check mark as to that's your favorite podcast. Uh, Good job, Paul and Donna. In this clip, though, it's not Paul and Donna. It's Paul and Kate Shaw, who's from the Strange Animals podcast, and uh, this could be a horror podcast in itself, because they're talking about ticks, ticks in pop culture. Okay, so here's the theme song of the show I'm talking about today, and maybe you will recognize it. Gosh, I love that so much. <laughs> and I can picture every scene because I have watched so many episodes of the Tick cartoon. You? Oh, have yeah. you? I know you've seen it, right? Oh, absolutely. The, okay. the cartoon and the uh, the live action, the two live action series. Yeah, I haven't seen the most recent live action one, but I love the 2001 one. I think it was 2001, early 2000s that with Patrick Warburton. Yes. Burton, he was perfect as the Tick. So, but for those of you who might not be familiar with the Tick, he is a nigh invulnerable superhero, one of the weirdest and best superheroes ever invented. And the artist, Ben Edlund, created the tick when he was only 18 years old, back in 1986. And in 1986, I was mostly listening to bad hair metal and reading Dragonlance books, which did not prepare me for my future career as a podcaster, I gotta (laughs) say. So, but I love the tick. I have the comic books, or at least a couple of the collections, and I love the Saturday morning cartoon series. I used to watch it with my cousin, and this was... This, I gotta say, was not when I was a kid, because I'm a little older than that, but my cousin, one of my cousins was in uh, college near where I was living, and we would get together on Saturdays and watch The Tick every day, every week, I guess. So, but yeah, I, I also love the early live-action TV show, but I have not seen the new one, so is it good? It is really, really good. I think it only lasted a couple of seasons, but... yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the first name, one only had one season, so it's doing better than that one. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. The guy, I'm trying to think of the actor's name, 
Let me go. I have to I have to Google it. Okay. <laughs> Bear with me. Tick TV Peter Serafinowitz. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was excellent. Awesome. Ah, oh, that show was I so heard good. that one I heard it was a little darker than the other tick stuff. Do you did you think that? A little like darker. A little but grittier and darker. A little bit, but every bit is funny. Oh my gosh, now I have to see it. Yeah, I think it's on I think it's on Amazon Prime, but I'm not sure. I'll let you know. Okay. Alright, yeah. thank you. Alright. So anyway, the tick, the superhero the tick, has antennae on his head. But that's inaccurate because actual ticks are arachnids, so they don't have antennae. But the tick also doesn't have eight legs, so we'll let the antennae thing slide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my pop culture pick this week is a movie. You heard the trailer for it at the beginning of the show. It's called Ticks. It's a 1993 direct-to-video horror film starring Peter Scolari, Amy Dolenz, Seth Green, Alfonso Ribeiro, and Clint Howard. That sounds like it's probably really high quality with good special effects, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So good that the theaters couldn't handle it. They just had to put it direct to video because... They didn't want to scare anyone too much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The basic plot is a group of troubled teenagers are led by social workers on a California wilderness retreat not knowing that the woods they are camping in have become infested by mutated, blood-sucking ticks. Uh, you know, they could have had just regular ticks and it would have been a pretty good horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why, they don't have to be mutated. <laughs> Peter Scolari uh, plays a drug dealer and he's growing, I think, marijuana. And he's using the fertilizer on the marijuana and the runoff from the fertilizer... Oh, no. Mutates the ticks, and the ticks uh, grow really big. I know this because I watched the movie so that you wouldn't have to, and it's really bad. (laughs) I wasn't going to anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for letting me have the tick cartoon. (laughs) You know what? Go ahead. If you've exhausted every other movie that's ever been made, and you need to watch a movie, go ahead and watch ticks. It doesn't cost you anything but time. (laughs) I don't know. Time is precious. (laughs) (laughs) It took five weeks to shoot the film. The film was made and released internationally under the title Ticks. And the film was briefly test marketed to U.S. theaters in 1993 under under the title Infested. That's a better title. I think so. Yeah, that's a much better title. And then they changed it back to Ticks for video and TV, and it became... A minor cult classic under that name. (laughs) Whenever somebody says it's a minor cult classic, it's probably not good. Yeah. It means that people are, are like, laughing at it and not with it. Yeah. Sometimes that can be really fun, though. Oh, yeah. Um, This is just... It's bad, though. It got (laughs) five and a half half out of ten on IMDb. It got a very surprising 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yes, but wow. there, was, there was only si- there was only six people reviewing the movie. Oh, so uh, and the, three of them apparently were friends of of the people who made it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The eight hundred ninety two user ratings are very poor, though. They're thirty two percent. Oh, oh boy! And usually the user ratings are way higher than the official rating. Yeah. So yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> 
I pulled a clip of Seth Green talking about his time on the movie Ticks. He was on the David Letterman podcast back in 1999. So here's that. And what was the movie Ticks? Is that the name of the film? Yeah. Um, Ticks is a, is a movie that I did. Uh, it's one of those things. It seemed like a really good idea at the time. And uh, <laughs> the guy who directed Hellraiser 2 was directing it. So it could have been like a horrific monster movie. And uh, we, we just all... Stop taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, midway but through. But it was supposed to be a serious film. It was my character. A serious treatment of ticks, the Absolutely. menace of ticks. Well, you know, the idea was there were these mutated wood ticks, and we were right. like a summer camp expedition. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my, my character was uh, agoraphobic and uh, had been beaten as a child. And I was like, ooh, background, history. Yeah, I can do something with this. And uh, midway through, I was just like, ooh, let's be silly. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> but everybody did. The, we all had dialogue like, ticks do not get that big. <laughs> right. uh, so. That's Oscar uh, caliber. Did the thing do any business at all? I think it went straight to video, Dave. Wow. <laughs> I think we, we have an example. Uh, oh, dear. Yeah. You know what? Do you have any idea what we're going to look at? No, am I blushing? I, I guess it don't make any difference. Take a look, ladies and gentlemen. Ticks. <laughs> I think that line was actually in the trailer at the beginning of the show that I heard it. It yeah. <laughs> ticks aren't supposed to get that big. <laughs> Ew. The entire movie is available on the FilmRise YouTube channel. Uh and it's not like, you know, it's it's there legally. You can watch it for free if you want to have 2 hours of nothing else, I guess, if you're <laughs> If you're bored, you can watch Ticks on YouTube. I don't think I will, but I'll keep that in mind <laughs> when I run out of the tick episodes. <laughs> when... <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes, and if you're really bored, you can go click on it and watch the movie. <laughs> well, that's all the segments we have for this month, the month of October. And if you thought the creepy stories were over, you're wrong. We got one more. And this last one's called The Underpants. There was a man who always wore two pairs of underpants. When he died, and when his wife was laying him out to be buried, she only put one pair of underpants on him. After the funeral, the old man's ghost kept coming back to the house. Every night, at the stroke of midnight, the old man would walk right through the front door. His wife was so scared that she moved away, but the ghost found her. She moved again, and she kept on moving. She must have moved four or five times. But no matter where she went, her husband just kept on coming back. Eventually, the woman couldn't stand it anymore. And one night, when her husband's ghost came walking in, she asked him, Why do you keep coming back? What in the name of God? He looked at her for a long time. And finally, he said, Honey, please give me another pair of underpants. So she gave him another pair of underpants. And to this day... He has never been seen again. True story. Catch all your favorite shows on podfixnetwork.com. Uh, you can find all these shows and more on that website. There's about 20, 24 awesome, great shows. And we will see you next month for another mixtape in November. Stay fresh, cheese bags.
This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.